This morning I'll be reading from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 38. In the six months of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favoured woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Do not be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and we will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, But how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Here I am, said Mary. I'm the Lord's servant girl. Let it happen to me as you've said. And then the angel left her. Thanks, Vic. Good morning. Just gonna. Beautiful. Morning. It is such a privilege to be able to stand up here in December and to talk about the amazing Christmas story. But it comes with a challenge when you stand up here telling the Christmas story because is there a new angle to talk about? For many of us here, we've heard this story again and again and again many times. Is there something new for us? Some of you may be here this morning and actually you've only heard it a little bit and maybe you've never heard it in a church setting, welcome. And so my prayer for us this morning, if this is familiar territory and we've heard this story many times, is that God's Holy Spirit will nudge us, that he will ignite something in us, whether it's to do with hope, peace, love, joy, whether it's a challenge, a reminder, whether it's just remembering and being thankful, that he will nudge something in us this morning, that things will never be the same again. If you're here and it's new for you, my prayer for you this morning is that you will catch some of the wonder of this beautiful story, that you will catch the beauty the wonder of this young peasant girl and her simple trust and this incredible promise of God with us. A couple of weeks ago, we looked at the story of Zechariah, a relative of Jesus, and Beck spoke to us about that. It was an incredible story of a -a once-in-a-lifetime moment Zechariah was a relative of Jesus, a relative of Mary, and he was just a rural priest 
But twice a year, he had to go up. There must have been some roster. And twice a year, he would go up to the temple in Jerusalem and he would help out the high priests. I'm assuming that's what they were doing. And because he wasn't a high priest himself, he was just an ordinary priest. And yet he get this incredible opportunity. Lots were cast and he was the one that was chosen to go into this room, this place that was seen to be the closest place on earth to God. It was the thin place, the place where heaven and earth meet. And you only got to do it once in your life if you were really lucky and you were chosen to do it. And Zechariah in that moment goes into that room and an angel stands before him. An angel who tells him that all his longed-for dreams and hopes with his old wife to have a child will come true. That he will have a child. Zechariah is standing in the place where heaven and earth meet. The closest place of all. And yet he doesn't quite believe He doesn't quite believe this. And we know this because not only does he say, well, how is that going to happen because we're pretty old? But he also says, God, I actually want proof. I need proof of this. And so he gets proof, but not the proof that he wants. He's struck dumb not to speak again until his son is born. Elizabeth, his wife, becomes pregnant. And then six months later, the next extraordinary event happens. As Beck read to us this morning, there is an ordinary girl living in an ordinary place, going about her ordinary life, and she encounters God. Young Mary is not experiencing a -a once-in-a-lifetime moment to be able to go into the place where heaven and earth meet, and you are closer to God than you can be anywhere else on earth. That's not her experience. She's probably doing her chores for her family And yet before her, the angel of God stands. The very one who stands in the presence of God comes and stands before her. And he speaks to her. And from what he's saying, he's telling her that she's special and she's favored. And that is what confuses her. I am special. I am favored by you. And the angel assures her, yes, you are, and tells her why. You are going to have a child, as we heard in the reading. You are going to have a child who is the son of the Most High. You are going to have a child who is going to be king, and not just king for a short while like most kings, but who will be king forever. Mary, as we heard, says, well, how can this happen? I am a virgin. That's not possible. How can it happen? And the angel explains what will happen, that she will be filled with the Holy Spirit, The Holy Spirit who will enable her to be and to do more than she could ever do by herself. And as well, and separate from this, the power of the God on high will overshadow her. And in that moment, a young child will be created in her womb. And this young child created in her womb will be fully God and fully human. This baby will be God with us. Mary doesn't ask for proof, but the angel says to her, nothing is impossible with God. Even your relative Elizabeth is pregnant in her old age. And so Mary says, as we heard these incredible words, here I am. I am the Lord's servant girl. Let it happen to me as you have said. 
an ordinary girl in an ordinary place, going about her ordinary life, encounters God and responds in simple trust. It is an extraordinary event. And so we might wonder, well, what happens then? Most of us know the story. But what happens then? Does that mean that Zechariah's life is hard, not just because he's speechless, but more because he didn't trust? But Mary, doesn't she get the sunshine and the flowers and the singing? Because she trusts and all is good. But for those of us who know the story, we know that this is not what happens. It's not what happens. Sometimes when I think about Mary, I think, well... She was young. She was only a teenager. She hadn't been jaded by the disappointments of life. It was easy for her to trust. It wasn't so easy for Zechariah to trust. He knew life. But actually, what's amazing is that the extraordinary in Mary doesn't stop the moment the angel goes. The extraordinary doesn't stop the moment she becomes pregnant. The extraordinary continues I loved that drama this morning I didn't know what the drama was about I love how Lindy portrayed the agony of what comes next for Mary and for those that love and care for Mary in the next few months and days and years for Mary she encounters more trials than many of us will know in a lifetime Most of us know of them. We know that she had to go to her fiancé, who she was to be married. It was as as binding as a wedding, as a marriage, to be um, engaged to somebody. And she had to go to them and say, I'm pregnant. She knew that not only would she suffer the embarrassment of that if she was rejected, not only would there just be social stigma about that, not only would that mean that actually any financial security and security for her future might happen, but as was implied this morning, she could be dragged into a public place and have rocks hurled at her until she died, a woman caught or not caught in adultery. And yet Mary chooses to trust. It is extraordinary. This girl who is young and is due to have her first baby, I imagined she dreamed that she would grow up and have her first baby at home, as was normal with her family around her. And yet, because of the census, that means you have to go back to your place of of origin. She goes to a town that she doesn't know to have a baby surrounded by people, women that she doesn't know. And yet... She trusts. So little control, and yet she trusts. When the baby's born, she welcomes strangers in that she has no idea who they are. Shepherds, poor people, rich people, magnificent, mighty people, the wise men to greet her child, and all the while she trusts. Her little family in the middle of the night have to get up and flee because they know a slaughter is coming. A slaughter of the people that they have got to know in that little village of Bethlehem. A slaughter of the boys under two because of her precious child. And she has to flee to Egypt. And yet she trusts. They have to stay there until they're told it is safe to return. But even in their return, they cannot just settle wherever they want because they have to be aware of Herod's son. They have to be aware and they have to settle where it is safe. And yet she trusts. 
And this is just little in comparison to the agony of many years later that she is to face, to watch her precious son that she has held and loved and brought up be rejected, be tried, be tortured, and to be killed. Again and again, Mary is vulnerable, and yet she trusts. This ordinary girl filled with God's Holy Spirit, carrying this baby that will be king, king forever, is quite extraordinary. Yet in this moment, she doesn't know that. In this moment when the angel appears, she doesn't know what's ahead of her. Maybe she's expecting the singing, the flowers, the sunshine. And yet she chooses, here I am. I am available to you, God. I will be who you want me to be. And because of that choice and the choice to believe it day after day after day after day, I'm available for you. Here I am. I am available for you. It means that when the story becomes messy, she knows that God is in it with her. That God is in the mess and the grief and the terror of her story that is to come. That she continues to say, here I am. I imagine, I have no doubt, that there were times that she wrestled and cried and grieved and was exhausted. That she would have had many, many ordinary, mundane, everyday kind of days. That she would have had great moments of joy and celebration. And yet because of this, because of what she says, here I am, she can go on trusting and trusting. And she lives an extraordinary life. Can we participate in the Christmas story? It's busy time of year. Lots going on in lives. But can we participate in this Christmas story? Can we say, God, here I am. I am available to you. I am willing to be the person that you want me to be today and tomorrow and the next day. Whether you have ever made that choice before or you have never made it, can I encourage you to make that choice today? Make the choice to say, here I am. I am available. I look around this community. I look at the young people and the men and the women in this community. And I see amidst the mess, amidst the mundane, amidst the good, many, many extraordinary things. I see people who open their lives to other people, who open their homes, who cook meals for people, who visit people. I see people who care for the marginalized and the suffering, who seek justice for people, not just in our community, but in the wider world. I see people who care passionately about the environment and are creative in the way that they deal with it. I see people committed to prayer who will pray and pray and pray without ceasing and not giving up. I see people who are in pain 
and grieving who continue and continue to serve people. I see people who have events that could make them feel revengeful and yet they choose to offer grace in situations. I see people who love and love despite the fact they know they will get nothing in return. I see many, many extraordinary moments in this church in this community, but let us be people who continue to say, here I am. Let us remember in this busy time when we can focus so inwardly sometimes on family or other things, let us have our heads up, our eyes open, our hearts open to the prompting of God's Holy Spirit to continue to live these extraordinary moments. What about for those of us here? who are in that place of mess, who are in those hard times, who sit here this morning with a really heavy load. I believe God sees you as he sees Mary. He sees you and you are not alone. I believe he can show you that you are not alone. Whether like that incredible story, Babak and Manu, thank you so much for sharing this morning. Whether he will show you in incredible ways, like that dream where he will appear to you. Whether he will show you that he is with you by other people coming alongside you and standing alongside you in this. Or whether he will show you that he is with you by that deep knowing inside of you. That deep knowing that you cannot shake, that you just know that he is with you. I pray that you will know if you are in that place of mess, the comfort of God's Holy Spirit. That as you choose to trust him, his Holy Spirit will come and comfort you and give you the strength that you will need. And as with Mary, when the Holy Spirit comes, he enables us to be and to do more than we could ever be ourselves. Pray that that will be your experience if you sit here this morning and your load is heavy. What of us? What about those of us where actually it's okay? Maybe life's good. Maybe life's okay. Maybe life's a little bit mundane at the moment. I invite you to choose to stand with Mary and say, Here I am. Let me be the man, the woman, the young person that you would have me to be. Because he wants you. He wants you. He loves you. And he wants to enable you to be more than you can be by yourself. So that there are extraordinary moments happening in your lives. And the beautiful thing of when we daily say, here I am. Here I am. Here I am. We learn that God is a safe place. We learn that we can trust him. So when the hard times come, and believe me, they will come. There's not one person here who misses out on really hard, heavy times. That is life. We have built that strong trust in him. And we will know, even though we don't always feel it and don't always experience it, we will know deep within us that God is with us. We will know that he holds us. One of the last things we hear of Mary is after the death of Jesus. And it's after Jesus is risen to life again. And it's after the followers have been and they've watched Jesus ascend into heaven. 
And the gatherers, the followers, go back um, to Jerusalem and they gather in a room together. And this is what it says about what they do. They gave themselves single-heartedly, wholeheartedly to prayer with the women, including Mary, Jesus' mother, and his brothers. These followers are wholeheartedly, single-heartedly seeking God, and they are about to be filled with God's Holy Spirit at Pentecost, we call it. And they are going to live extraordinary lives in the mundane, in agony and hardship and trials, in joys and wonders. These followers of Jesus lead extraordinary lives. Well, the invitation is for you. Do you choose to participate, even in the busy time, even in the hard times, even in the ordinary, to say, here I am, do with me what you will, I am yours. Let me live the life that you want me to live. Let me be the person, the man, the woman, the young person that you want me to be. We're going to share communion in a moment. And as we take the communion, we're remembering Jesus' death for us. As we eat the bread, we remember his body broken for us. As we drink the juice, the wine, we remember Jesus' blood shed for us. However we arrive here today in this moment, however we've arrived, because of Jesus' death for us, he can take away our sin, our rebellion, our half-heartedness, our apathy, our distraction, the stains that we feel from what we've done, the stains that we feel from what others have done to us. Because of this moment of this baby that was born, the king forever, who grew up and died, we can be forgiven. We can be washed clean. We can let go of what was. And because of Jesus coming back to life, we can have life. Life now and life beyond the grave. And because God will send his Holy Spirit upon us to live in us, to reside in us, we can be more, do more than we ever could have been ourselves. We can live lives with many extraordinary moments. So the band are going to come up. Thanks, guys. And Peter is going to sing a beautiful Christmas song called Adore. And it may be in these next moments, that you just want to sit there and you just want to adore. You listen, you pause, you know God is with you and you choose to adore. But then if you choose today to once more say, God, here I am. God, I'm available for you. Then come up to one of the tables that are about the place and take some bread and take some juice and take it back to your seats. Even if this is the first day that you decide, I'm putting aside my indecision. I'm putting aside my rebellion or whatever it is. I'm putting aside all the questions I have and I want to say, here I am, God. And you can come and join us too. So take the bread and take the juice and sit back down and in that moment talk to God and say okay God even in this busyness I am open for you I choose to trust me
you fill me with your Holy Spirit and may you know the beauty and the depth and the wonder of God with us.